Good morning. Oh, that was awesome. Appreciated you worshiping this morning with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It was so fun just to be uh, in that atmosphere. And uh, we created, I'll talk about that in a moment, one of my points this morning, how we create uh, the presence of God, uh, room for the presence of God to come and the praises of his people. Hey, I just want to remind you that this Tuesday night, I'm at St. Peter's, uh, and there's a Mass at 6. Uh, I'm not performing the Mass, but uh, Father Matt will be. Uh, worship is 6.30, and I'll be speaking at 7. And I got in trouble because we had lunch this week, and I said to him, you know, I, I asked people to come if they wanted to to support, but I kind of pumped the brakes a little bit and said, you can't all come. And he got angry. He says, what do you mean they, all, they can't all come? Of course they can all come. And uh, so... Personal invitation from Father Matt that we would uh, come on Tuesday night, yeah, and be a part of what they're doing. And I'm going to share a message, don't leave your miracle at the door. Uh, and uh, I know that anybody that shows up on a Tuesday night for a mass uh, and a meeting are, are people of faith and prayer. So we're going to encourage them to believe God uh, for miracles and to see the Holy Spirit move in their lives. So uh, I'm kind of excited about that. Speaking of which, I felt in worship uh, that God wanted to minister to some people today, either online or here in the room, I felt like uh, arth arthritic pain. Uh, if you have it, wherever you might have it, in your hands or in a knee, or just start to move that. I just believe God wants to release some healing uh, and just let you know that he loves you so much. And uh, Jesus took stripes upon his body. We are already healed. Uh, and so arthritic pain, knee pain, and I felt like some esophageal issues with digestion and acid reflux and that kind of family of issues, uh, God is just touching right now. And if that's you, um, if you're suffering from any of those things, can you just wave at me? Just give me a little wave. All right. We just, Father, we just believe right now you reveal so that you can heal. You don't reveal so we just talk about our problems. Lord, you sometimes do this just to stir faith. We thank you for healing that's being received right now. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Yeah, today I'm starting a new series, three-week series, um, like all my three-week series that turn into five-week series, but a three-week series uh, that is called Heart for the House, Loving What God Loves. And uh, today I've got a little sub, a subtitle, Pillow to Pillar, Pillow to Pillar. <laughs> It'll make sense in a minute. Over the next three weeks, I want to give you a roadmap so that we can arrive on time in October when we uh, launch uh, our two services. And you might think, wow, that's a long ways away. Why do we have to start that now? And I want to really encourage you to lean into the next three weeks because we need to be ready. Say ready. We really do need to be ready, and this thing called summer uh, gets in the way uh, here in eastern Ontario, uh, and uh, we not really in the way, but uh, it does kind of, it's a pause time for us and that we all take advantage of that and we need to and we rest. And so purposely, we don't ramp our church calendar up in the summer. We, we tone it down a little bit to get ready for our fall season. But in order for us all to be kind of on the right, in the right place at the right time, uh, we're gonna do this series and then we'll revisit some of these ideas in September. We want to love what God loves, and today we're talking about the house of God, uh, and Moses was given instructions to build the tabernacle, to build the meeting place where God's people would meet with God, uh, kind of a, a symbolic this morning as, as we meet here in the house of God, and there are some ideas and thoughts that we want to look at to remind us of God's intention, and in Exodus chapter 26, 26 verse 30, 
God gave commandment to Moses, set up the tabernacle according to the plan. Set up the tabernacle according to the plan. Father, we thank you that you have a plan for your house. We thank you, Lord, you have a plan for Harvest Christian Fellowship. Lord, we thank you you have a plan for Cornwall, region, area. Lord, we thank you that the best is yet to come. We're so thankful for that which you have done, you are doing. But Lord, even as uh, we were excited this morning and faith was stirring in this room, we are anticipating the days that are coming. Lord, the days that you've spoken about. Lord, the days that we're going to embrace and see as more and more people turn to you. We thank you that you love your house. And by revelation today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I ask that as we hear maybe that which is familiar, that familiarity wouldn't breed contempt, that we would just close off, but we would open up to receive afresh, Lord, what your plan is for the house of God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said? So God has a plan for his house, the local church, and he wants to set it up. So he said to Moses, set up the tabernacle. So it goes from blueprint that God gave, blueprint to actual functioning. And so there's a functioning place where God's presence can be, God's power can be, and uh, here in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, but for us in local churches all over this city, all over the region, all over the world. We need to be reminded that God has a plan. Say plan. So we don't want to just build church the way we want to build church or the way, hey, if you do these cool things, you'll have a cool church and people will come to your church. Uh, we might do some cool things, but we want to make sure that it's according to the plan, the plan that God has for his house. The scriptures give us some hints throughout the Old Testament of what that plan is. And uh, then we see it come to life in the book of Acts. We see a powerful church, um, just full of the Holy Spirit, people getting saved, delivered, set free, a force to be reckoned with. And then there's a promise that that house, uh, that, that as God set it up in the Old Testament, that the former house, uh, would, that the latter house in the latter days would be even greater than the former house. And so as we look at the house of God in Acts, really it's you ain't seen nothing yet is God's promise for the church, uh, for his house in the days in which we live. But we need to understand the plan. Say the plan. We're going to talk about the plan over the next three weeks. Well, there's a, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that gives us some hints to God's plan. And it's one of my favorites, and I've used it before. Uh, we're going to talk about it again today. And that's the patriarch Jacob uh, is traveling, and uh, it says he stopped for the night in a, in a certain place. And so the geographical location is important. And the Bible records it that way, and you'll see why that makes sense in a minute. But it's, it's a certain place, just some place, and it's any place. God's presence can be any place. The house of God can be any place, not just as in the Old Testament where the tabernacle was, but God's heart would be that there would be uh, churches, house, local churches all over the world where people would gather to experience the presence of God. But here, Jacob is traveling, and he sets up camp for the night, and he falls asleep, and he has a dream. And in the dream, we talk about Jacob's ladder or the stairway to heaven. He has a dream that heaven opens up, and that there is a connection point, whether it was a staircase or a ladder, but some kind of a connection point between heaven and earth, and angels are moving up and down on this staircase. 
And he's seeing this connection. He's seeing heaven's resources being carried by the angels because they're not just going up and down. They're couriers and carriers of heaven's atmosphere, couriers and carriers of the resources of heaven. And he's experiencing this in a dream formation. And while he's dreaming, having this experience, he experiences God's presence. He hears God's plan, God's promise, and he sees God's power. These are some great Ps, by the way. Presence, plan, promise, and power, where God's, where God's house is, where God's presence is. He wakes up from his dream, and he puts it all together, and he says, you know what? Before this, I didn't know, but now I know that this place where there's presence, God's plan is revealed, God's promises are, God's power is manifest, that there's only one place on earth like that, and it's the house of God. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. How awesome is this place? And I love that because it goes back to this is not a geographical, you know, it has to be here or you've got to go down to, you know, Asbury where it's happening there or you've got to go somewhere in the world. It might be there. No, God's promise is wherever the house of God is, if you build according to the plan, his presence is there. His power is there. His, 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 um, His plan is revealed there. The house of God. Say the house of God. This place, this place, wherever the house of God is. When Jesus was beginning his ministry, he was choosing his disciples, and he engages uh, one of what would become one of the apostles of that uh, inaugural church on the, on the book of Acts. And as those apo- the disciples, those first followers of Jesus, would become apostolic leaders, and they would oversee the beginnings of today. We're living uh, in the succession of their work uh, that many centuries ago. And it was Nathaniel, and he's also referred to as Bartholomew. And he engages Nathaniel in a very strange way. It's in a, a manifestation of, of power. Uh, he uses the word of knowledge to identify him by name and who, what he was like. He kind of reads his mail. We say it that way sometimes. Where Jesus, not knowing Nathaniel, speaks to him about him, and he witnesses deeply that, wow, how, like, how could you know that? And it goes, in the scriptures, we pick it up. Uh, Nathaniel says, how do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. So he didn't literally see him with his eyes. He saw him supernaturally by the, by the, by the Holy Spirit. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi or teacher, you are the son of God. You're the king of Israel. So he, at that moment, puts his faith in who Jesus is. And we would say he was born again. He was saved. Though the cross event hasn't happened, he puts faith and understanding into who Jesus is. He's a believer. He's now going to become a Christ follower. And Jesus goes, well, you believe because you experience the supernatural expression. You believe because I, I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And I love this. He said, you, you think that was awesome? <laughs> you're going to see it. You're experiencing it, but you're going to be a part of this is what he's telling him. And then he added, very truly, I tell you, remember Nathaniel, an apostle who's going to oversee the birthing of God's house, the local church, as we see it come forth in Acts. You will see, look now, heaven open 
He's referring to the scripture in Genesis that we just talked about. You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending, not on a staircase, not on a ladder, but on the Son of, on the Son of Man. And so Jesus is bringing further definition to the hint, to kind of that, that, that as we look in the Old Testament and as New Testament believers looking back through the cross event, we go, oh, we get it now. And Jesus is bringing expression to what happened to Jacob, that, that there would be an open heaven. Say open heaven. Open heaven is really important to them and to us. But for us, there's been an open heaven since, uh, as we're going to see these scriptures, since Jesus' ministry. But in Malachi in the Old Testament, heaven closed, and there was no uh, scriptures being written, no prophetic voice to the people for 400 years. They had been living without any communication from heaven, without any demonstration of God's power, until Jesus came to, to reveal who Father was, to reveal his plan uh, for salvation and for the house of God. And so for 400 years, God's people have been waiting for God to move, for God to do something. So it's, you know, people that say, we're just waiting for God to move. Well, 400 years is a long time. And so an open heaven, when heaven would say, it's time. Heaven would say, now. Heaven would say, I'm about to pour out my spirit. And in Acts, there was, uh, um, as as the Holy Spirit was being poured out. Peter said, this is what was spoken about in Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, that all of humanity, all of the world, would experience the power, the plan, the presence of God because of the house of God. Say house of God. Because there was an open heaven. When Jesus was being water baptized, beginning his ministry, he was beginning to, to step into his call to head for the cross. Something profound happened when he was water baptized because he was accepting his mission at that point, the mission of the cross. He saw heaven being torn open. So Jesus is coming up out of the water. We, see, we hear the Father's voice. The Son is there. The Holy Spirit uh, symbolized, I don't know how he manifested, but somehow it wasn't a literal dove, but it, it acted like a dove, whatever that could kind of mean. Unless we were there, we're not sure. But the three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one of the few places in Scripture that we see all the cooperation of the Trinity being mentioned all at one time because this is a profound event. They're all gathering. They're all pointing. They're all saying, on behalf of heaven, this is what is happening to the earth. Heaven, he saw heaven being uh, uh, ripped open. And it's a violent tearing, a violent opening of heaven. It's as if heaven's been closed, but no more. God's saying, it's time to pour out my spirit upon humanity. And it happened at this moment. You may be aware of what happened when Jesus died on the cross. And as he gave up the ghost, uh, using old King James language, as his spirit departed, as he is now, uh, his body hanging dead on the cross to pay for our sins, that the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. And it was, uh, in Jewish tradition, no one except the high priest, but once a year, could go into the presence of God. Um, and here, as Jesus dies, what was his heart? What was the provision? What was paid for? It was as if heaven's hands took that veil, same word in the Greek, and violently ripped the veil so that humanity could have access 
to the presence of God. The first time in history, and, and, and as, as heaven is open, and now a place on the earth in God's, uh, in the meeting place where people met with God, that God's presence would be available to everyone. Say everyone. Then he added, as he's talking, going back to the scripture, you'll see heaven open. So I hope you see the significance of that. Heaven's now open. God's doing something. He's marked the time. No turning back. The clock is saying, now we are in this age, the age of grace, as I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then he added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus is saying that not only will there be access to God for salvation, but the resources of heaven will be made available. And just the way, Nathaniel, just the way you saw me moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to see you're going to move in that power of the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying, as, as Jacob, remember Jacob's declaration, this is none other than, help me out this morning, this is none other than, the house of God. I'll help you, and then you're going to say it. Jacob's declaration, as he woke from his sleep, this is none other than? This is none other than the house of God. And what Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, to you and I this morning, this is none other than the house of God, what God has been planning for all of eternity. The church is not plan B. God didn't wake up one morning and go, oh, man, the Jewish people didn't accept their Messiah. I'm not sure what we're going to do. I know. We'll just have church for a while and uh, put in some time. And then, you know, at the end of the age, uh, we'll build something in Jerusalem. And uh, everybody will kind of come back. And uh, we'll, we'll just start over again. And, and it, it'll be awesome. And that's a teaching called dispensationalism, which I will not get on my soapbox or sidetrack from. Uh, it's a teaching that is only... Uh, prominent in North America. It is not prominent in other areas of the world because with that teaching uh, comes this idea uh, that, well, there's all a bunch of ideas and never mind, I don't want to get into eschatology, but I'll do that someday. The Bible is very clear that God doesn't have a plan uh, A and B. And the Jewish nation not accepting uh, uh, their, their Messiah didn't bother God at all because it wasn't part of the plan. God so loved the world. Paul taught there is neither Jew nor Gentile. It was never about a nationalistic people. It was about the world coming to salvation through faith like Abraham did. And the Bible says through faith we are the sons and daughters of Abraham, people of faith. Did God use a nation? Yes. Does God love the nation of Israel? Yes. Are they different than any other nation? No. We are to pray for all of the nations of the world. We're in a season of time where our focus is not on the, uh, what's happening in the east. That's a, if, if you're focusing there, you're missing what God's doing on the earth. And the church, the house of God, is what Jesus, Jesus said, I will build not a temple in Jerusalem. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. He's a part of one building plan and one building plan only. You go ahead and, and give thanks for the house of God this morning. His intent was that now, through the church, that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. To who? The rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. I'm in the Lord's army. 
And like you, some days I wish that he wasn't using me uh, to show his manifold wisdom. In other words, he's saying, this is a good idea. Even though you're in battle and I've already, I've already won, you've got to play this thing out because I'm going to prove to the principalities and powers that they don't own this place. We do. And my blood has bought something. And my people are going to go throughout the world and there's going to be a great move of God in this day. It's a triumphant church. It's not a weak church. Hanging out, hanging out in the four walls going, is the rapture going to happen soon? And get us out of here? And I do believe in a rapture. But the rapture I believe the scriptures talk about is a rapture that we meet him in the air triumphantly and return to this earth and rule and reign because we've done our job. Because we've, we've seen, not sin eradicated because only he can do that, but we've pushed the gates of hell back where they're supposed to be by the power and the presence and the plan of God. I know I'm preaching to the choir, and you're going to see why I'm doing this this morning. His intent was now through the church that the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to plan B. No, according to his eternal purpose. This has been purpose, exactly what we're doing, exactly how everything has happened is according to his eternal purpose that was accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Ephesians, we read this, Christ loved the church, the house of God, and gave himself up for her. So Jesus died for the world. God so loved the world. The gift is offered to the world for salvation so that we can come out of the world and into his house. The Bible says we're still in the world, but we're not of it. What does that mean? It means that my lineage, my, my God is my father. I have a family that I'm no longer a, a part of something that is, that is apart from God and separate from God. Uh, I am now a part of something that because of the gift of Jesus, but he provided it according to the eternal plan of God so that we could live in the house of God and the house of God could continue with power and the plan and the promises of God upon the earth. It's not a heaven thing. It's a heaven come to earth thing. It's not when I die thing and I get to have this. It's a right now, heaven's atmosphere, resources being carried by God's people expressed through the house of God. No plan B. So why the tedious introduction, Pastor Roy? Very tedious, doctrinal introduction to the house of God. We know this. Well, I know we know it, but we need to be reminded because at Harvest we want to build according to the plan. And we want to set up, we want to set up God's plan everywhere. It's not a geographic thing, uh, but wherever, wherever uh, you, the house of God is set up, that as it's being built and is being built according to the plan, there will be an expression of what God wants to do. And we want to be a part of that. And so this, this verse, we're going to embrace the next three weeks. This is kind of an introduction and kind of I'll slide here in a second into some things you can take home. And then next week we'll talk about um, what it means to bring people to the house of God and why that's so important. And then the following week, we want to talk about uh, how we can serve in the house of God and how we can embrace and do all of these things according to the plan. Wisdom has built her house. Wisdom uh, here, uh, personification of God, uh, of Jesus. As Solomon is writing uh, about wisdom as a person. It's not a thing. It's a person that we can we can have wisdom in our life. We can have Jesus in our life leading, guiding us. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn 
And I love, and I used the, the New King James Version on purpose to get the word hewn. We don't have it in our vocabulary. But if you hewn something, you're building it out of stone. You've got to take a chisel and a rock, and you've got to hewn it, and it's hard work. Say hard work. And building the house of God is not easy. People have said, boy, when you come to Harvest, they'll say two things. It's an expensive church, <laughs> and it's hard here. You got, like, we're giving, and we go, yeah, we, that's the house of God. That's not a harvest thing. That's a house of God thing. That's being part of something that's moving forward. And we're working together, and we're working hard. We are hewning out the pillars. And this, this word hewn, it developing, transforming, taking from raw state into a beautiful pillar that holds up the weight of God's house so that God's house can become larger and larger and larger. As we look at this, seven symbolizes divine purpose. It is an actual, you know, what are the seven secret pillars of the, of the wisdom of Proverbs? And, you know, that'll make a good on, online video, I'm sure, for somebody to tune into. Oh, this guy knows the seven wonders of the Bible and what those. It, it's just saying it's complete. That this house, wisdom is building a house, it's complete. Say complete. All the pillars are in place. It was a lot of work. They were hewned, but they're in place. And this morning, as we shift gears, and we're going to dismiss in just a couple minutes, as we get ready for our fall season and another expansion of our church uh, to make not just room for people to come, that's important, but we have to shift back to what we know because the plan several years ago, uh, that was a fruitful plan, it continues to be a fruitful plan, uh, includes multiple services. And at some stage, multiple sites as well as God gives us resources and God gives us pillars. Say pillars. Pillars are people. Pillars are not things. Pillars are people. And the New Testament talks about people who would choose to be a pillar in the house of God, to make the house of God complete. Wisdom, Jesus hewns out people. He brings people to the house of God. And you might be here just new and recently made a put your hand up at the end of a service where we give opportunity to make a choice to uh, become a Christ follower and receive his love and eternal life. Maybe you're online today and you've done that online or you're here in the room or uh, today we'll give that opportunity. Maybe you haven't made that decision yet and today's your day of salvation. Maybe you've been here for a long while. But pillars are people and he hewns us and he hewns with us. <laughs> How many have found that transformation, sometimes it comes really easy by the power of the Holy Spirit, and sometimes it comes really, it's hewning as we walk out uh, the will of God. Can I see your hand? Just, you've been hewned. God's been hewning you, and that's okay, because wisdom knows, God knows, and what he's doing, he's getting you ready to take more and more responsibility in the house of God, because if it's all about the house of God, then it's all about us taking our place in the house of God, as living stones that are fit jointly together here in a local church. Let's go back to Jacob with this thought of pillars in the house in this morning. Pillows to pillars. Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in his place and I wasn't aware of it. Say sleeping. 
Something changes in him when he has a revelation. He wakes up. He's awakened to the truth. And Jacob's life is changed forever when it's awakened to the truth, not of a geographical place, because he renames this place Bethel, the house of God. But the house of God understanding, he, as you continue to read, and we don't have time this morning in Genesis, it literally changes his journey. It changes his trajectory. It changes everything when he has a revelation of the house of God. Watch some of these hints. He wouldn't be aware of you and I this morning. He wasn't doing this knowing that that thousands of years into the future when the house of God, uh, after the fashion of Acts and God's eternal plan and you and I fulfilling that. But he did something symbolically that we can all look at and go, I don't want to be a pillow. I want to be a pillar because I've had a revelation of the house of God. The next morning, Jacob got up early, and he took the stone he had rested his head against, his pillow, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar, and he poured olive oil all over it. And this memorial pillar that I've set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. I mean, that's just in the verse. I didn't talk about tithing today. It's just there. It's part of his revelation, and no one taught it to him. But we'll talk about that some other day. So everybody take a deep breath. (gasps) (sighs) (laughs) The Bible says that we are living stones. It uses that symbolism because God's building a house, and he uses building materials. He uses stones, but we're living stones. We've been anointed with the Holy Spirit. And he, he, took, he, took the, he took that stone and he goes, this stone needs to be turned upright. He uses the same word. I'm going to set up according to the plan. That's what was told Moses. Set up the house of God according to the plan. And Jacob having a revelation, which I hope just some way, somehow this morning, just as the Holy Spirit would speak to you about the power of the local church, which is you, which is me. It's not a building. It's not a leadership team in an office somewhere. It's us. It's all of us together making the decision. We're a part of something that God has called us to, an eternal plan, a plan It's the only one that matters. And I want my life to be set up in the house of God. I don't want to be a pillow. I don't want to be in a sleeping position. I don't want to just kind of be resting and watching everybody else. In fact, that's kind of uncomfortable watching everybody else working when I'm resting. But in your awakened state, as we move into the fall, I believe God's calling people to places of leadership, calling people to places of of serving, that your life will literally be different because you've heard a call from heaven, God saying, I need to use you at harvest. I need you to set your life up now. I need you to turn your life and set it up under the anointing of God. No longer being a pillow but now being a pillar, ready to hold up what I want to do in this great church called Harvest Christian Fellowship. How could you be a pillar? Really short. Three points. Here they are. Number one, attend regularly. Come to the house of God regularly. We read this in Acts as a, as a church was birthed. They joined with the other believers in regular attendance. Pastor Roy, I come regularly every Easter and every Christmas. I'm a regular attender. And I meet people like that. And I love it. I actually love that. 
And I'll tell you why I love it. And we'll never be angry about that because our two greatest in-gathering services are, are, are Christmas and Easter. And we do it on purpose so that people can taste and see that the Lord is good. That they can have an experience in the presence of God. That they can go, I want this. And so that's okay. But you might be here and, and you might have come at Christmas or Easter and something's stirring in your heart right now in that regular attendance when something begins to change in your heart and you have experienced God, you're going to orientate your life from a pillow to a pillar. You're going to join the other believers in regular attendance at the apostles' teaching, the communion services and prayer meetings. Why? Because our stones need oil poured on them regularly. I don't know how it is with you, but when Christine and I get away and, you know, we, we miss a couple services. When we get back, we go, oh, wow, did I miss this? Miss family, miss the anointing, miss the presence of God. And I don't know how else, just to kind of push this, but in, in, in Acts they came from, many of them had a Jewish background where they understood uh, that God said, keep a day holy. And I, I grew up with, we've talked about some intense legalism that I wouldn't want to repeat because it was lifeless. Uh, it didn't have the life of God in it. There, were, there was life of God in our church, but some of what we taught and did wasn't according to the plan. And there was kind of an Old Testament understanding. So on Sundays in the winter, I couldn't drive my snowmobile because that wasn't holy. We go to church and we really went to church all morning grab lunch and went back all night <laughs> because there was this idea of you need to be in church all day and and we we don't believe that but here's what we do believe about setting aside a day for God, God's people, your family and making it a priority and there are a lot of other things you can do on Sunday but what if we were to recognize again how important the house of God is. It's so important that in Acts, in order to go from pillow to pillar, they said, we got to be there. Doors are open. We got to be there. I don't want to miss anything. Oil is going to be pouring. I, I, my stone needs some oil. Number two, to be a pillow, go from pillow to pillar, that you would be an active worshiper. Many of you have experienced the presence of God because as you stand and you enjoy in a Sunday morning, Worshippers who are worshiping and God's presence is there. But I would call you now to be a worshiper who would shoulder the presence of God in this house. Let me, let me show you a scripture. First Chronicles chapter 15, David. We're going to look at the Davidic. Why, why do we praise the way David did in Psalms? We're going to look at a scripture that according to the plan, God said, I'm not building a Mosaic temple nor Solomon's temple, but David's temple will be rebuilt as my house, a place of his presence, his manifestation of presence and power. And so we worship the way David showed us to. And when David was wanting the presence of God to come to the house of God, the priest carried the ark symbolic of his presence and they shouldered it on their shoulders. And so I would say to you, to go from pillow to pillar, we're looking for people in this house that would begin to shoulder the presence that means you come ready to worship God. Ready, not because we feel like it or somebody else or the worship team created an environment now that, oh, now I feel like worshiping. 
What if every pillow became a pillar and said, I'm anointed to worship. I'm anointed to bring the presence of God to the house of God. Do you know that when you don't come regularly, you say, well, how could just kind of standing here worship make a difference in somebody else's life? You've increased the portal. You've increased heaven's activity. You've understood the power of God's house. And as a worshiper, you're saying, I'm shouldering his presence. More, Lord, more Holy Spirit activity, more healing, more deliverance, more salvation. Lord, we will worship you and praise you in abandonment because that's the worship that brings his presence to the house of God. I will be a worshiper. You come engaging worship, engaging attendance. Number three, you come ready to engage God's word like today. And not just be hearers only, but to be doers of the word. And that's how pillows become pillars. Oh, it's a hewning process. It's not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. But it happens as we commit ourselves to the house of God. Number four, participate in the mission of the house, which is the next two weeks. So we'll talk about that for the next two weeks. Would you stand with me this morning? All over this room, every head bowed and every eye closed. Come Holy Spirit, I pray. I truly believe in these days that people will alter their lives, not because I'm asking you to, but make space in their worlds and in their calendars, not because I'm asking you to. It's my voice today, but I'm believing by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God's saying, what I want to do here is, 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 is large, it's significant. We've accomplished much, but we've accomplished it because there were, there were pillars in the house of God holding up the complete plan of what God wants to do. We can't have a complete plan if everyone doesn't take their place. Father, right now, I just pray, all of us that have experienced, like Jacob of old, something of the goodness of God something of your provision, something of the Holy Spirit, that we would awaken, something would awaken right now, and we would say, I'm making, I'm making room. I, 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 I want to anoint my, I want my life anointed. I, I, I posture my life in the anointing of God right now to go from pillow to pillar. And I don't know what that means for you, but God does, and you will. And so just release that right now. Just keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. We're going to worship. I'm just asking the Holy Spirit just to minister to hearts. Our prayer team is taking their place. In just a few moments, we'll dismiss today's service, but not without anyone who wants prayer today. If something just in this message and you just want to agree, the Bible says we're two shall agree, it's done. Come and agree with someone. Say, I heard something today. I'm agreeing. I, I just want to pray about it. Maybe uh, you came with a need or a burden today. We want you to leave free and healed and provided for. So the prayer team was here to do that. Let's just focus on what the Holy Spirit is saying right now. God, I praise it's your breath in our lives.
on Calvary's Hill and identified with his death and his burial and his resurrection for you, that you would live in resurrection life. I would invite you today to pray a simple prayer with me. We'll all pray this together. If this is you, pray it from your heart today and Jesus will come into your life. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me just the way I am. Today, I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I repent from my sin, going my way. I go your way today, receiving new life and a new plan for my life in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe if you prayed that prayer from your heart today, you're born again, or if you text, texted in today, I've made that decision. Have an amazing week. Go in the power and the plan that God has for you. Amen.